Welcome to Pain Talks, hosted by Pain Consultants of East Tennessee. On this episode, Drs. James Chu and Laura Stockdale continue their discussion about the important role that trauma can play in chronic pain. This is part two of that discussion. I think there's a lot of evidence um, in the medical literature when it comes to um, adverse experiences um, early on and pain. Um, There are a lot of centralized pain syndromes that are highly, highly correlated with 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 traumatic pasts um, in, in particular, and so oftentimes I think um, as physicians we're we're not as uh, attuned to the, the the mind. It's just not as well taught in our world. It's scary. It, yeah, and who wants to hear about it? Who wants to hear about it? And it's it's. Um, we, we might not have the time. Sometimes we just don't want to go there mm-hmm. um, because there's, it's a lot to a lot to, uh, to to bear, even for the physician. And that's um, why I send them to Laura. Yeah, send, send, <laughs> send them to our psychologist. Um, but but really, when it, it boils down to the actual uh, nuts and bolts of the science, um, it's all interlinked. Um, we often see sometimes when we have. Uh, patients that have a multitude of um, not only just pain but other medical illnesses um, that they tightly link with um, oftentimes with a traumatic past because we uh, know now after some powerful studies um, by by uh, Kaiser Permanente and uh, CDC years ago um, that uh, adverse experiences early on in life not only change the brain and the nervous system, but it can change the immune function exactly. um, and, and a lot of health outcomes later on in life. Um, and it's well, well, look at look, common sense. Children are forming. Mm-hmm. So as your, as your immune system, as your nervous system is forming, when are you going to have the most damage from abuse? It's going to be when they're little. Yeah. They, and they also then sometimes, not, not that they look to be hurt, but they learn that they're powerless. So that somebody who has been a victim of abuse in childhood, their mindset maybe become, I, I can't do anything to help myself. Because mm-hmm. they've learned that. Right. Just like you learn whether you've got... A learned helplessness. A learned helplessness. Yeah. That's very well documented. Yeah. So um, to help them find their own personal power and do what they can do. Right. Uh, not be unrealistic at all, but it's, it's very, very prevalent. And I went to a seminar and this woman was talking about childhood trauma. Right. And she says, we don't have an opioid epidemic. Right. We have a trauma epidemic that people are using opioids to medicate. Right. I, and I think that's one of the most important lessons that I think we've, we've learned um, when we've looked at uh, substance abuse um, in our area, and which is a uh, huge prevailing pro- problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I don't, I don't think it, the prevalence has really changed all that much. Um, it, it's the drugs that change. Right. Uh, and, and there's, um, so we have gone from, even in my time, a prescription drug epidemic, um, and when the amount of prescribed drugs decreased in this area, we had um, a, a, a change to an illicit opioid or a street right. opioids from heroin and, and fentanyl. And also we're seeing an increase in methamphetamine and other drugs um, altogether. And, uh, and uh, the same people might be taking multiple drugs who are experiencing uh, you know, it's polysubstance abuse, as we call it. Um, and it's not so much, um, I don't believe, a particular drug that's an issue. It's the drugs that are available to mask 
oftentimes um, trauma that has been experienced. They're medicating. They're self-medicating their pain. Self-seeding in a lot of ways. And what's been nice in the in the addiction community is that when the 12 steps first came out it was just sobriety that's all you had to do but now they're um they're adding to that approach that not only do you have to abstain but that you have to look at what issue may be driving now understandably there's a physiological difference in an addict and a non-addict a lot of people drink right they're not they're not um an addict they, yeah they're right. not an alcoholic drinker, yeah. but you get them sober, and then you got to look at what they're medicating. Right, and it's a dual hit mob, and it's just it's you're right. So there's a tight link between uh, addiction um, and trauma, but also pain. So uh, not everybody um, who who has had trauma will um, experience pain, and not everybody who has um, pain has had trauma in their lives. Exactly. Uh, but um, we know that the that pain changes the brain. You had uh, someone who had a, a hypersensitive um, kind of central nervous system as a result of potentially a traumatic past. There's, it's almost an exacerbation of, of the pain. So what can a person do under those circumstances? You hurt all the time. Um, Getting to therapy. Getting to therapy. That's yeah, what I tell them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so encouraging that along can help outcomes. How, how so? How, how do you think that can may help? Um, well, I think we... Can we save that for another session? <laughs> we, we can, absolutely. Um, maybe that will be part two. for. Yeah, for, yeah. Um, it's a big issue. Yeah. I'll be happy to talk more. There's, this is just scratching the surface when it comes to child, adverse childhood experiences. We can go on and on and talk uh -huh. about this a lot. Um, uh -huh. But we just want to give you a taste of it. Uh, uh -huh. And maybe we can expound upon it a little bit more. I'll be here. Talk.